Welcome to the Battle Line Podcast. That's the place where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me today is the Director of Publications, my co-host on this podcast, my co-host in life, Major Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Today is awesome. We also have with us here our co-host, our producer, our media and marketing manager, or also known as the other one who makes this entire thing run with microphones and headphones and rock team calls, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I am just so super stoked to be here. Listen, <laughs> Matt, you called her the other one. Did I? <laughs> yes, you said the other one. Yeah, the other one <laughs> that makes this whole thing work, Elizabeth. <laughs> Today, we're so excited. We have the uh, privilege of speaking with our national leaders, Commissioners Kenneth and Jolene Hodder. Now, the Hodders have been uh, national leaders he here in the United States for almost three years now. Uh, and so we're, we are uh, definitely excited to hear from them today about leadership and um, about kind of their experience um, leading the United States. So we're going to jump right into that. How are you doing today, Commissioners? We're doing great. Thank it's, you, Major Jamie. It's wonderful to be here today. I have to say, though, at the outset, uh, uh, I have never heard a more enthusiastic start to a podcast than we just heard from Matt. I feel like I should have another cup of coffee before we do this podcast. <laughs> hey, you know, sir, just try to be loud. You can say, you can, you can say anything you want if you say it confident and loud. Protect well, we, the vibe. Protect the vibe. We do have to say that it took us to episode 47 to get our national leaders on the podcast. We wanted to make sure we wanted to make sure that this podcast was sustaining before we, uh, you know, before. Yeah, we, and we will we be done. discussing that later uh, after the podcast, uh, Major. <laughs> All right. So, Commissioner First question, um, a lot of the people, a lot of our listeners out there may know of you, have seen you in the war cry and seen you uh, on social media and all that. But first off, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Tell us a little bit about your officership. Just tell us the hotter story. Where, where are some of the places you've served? Just introduce yourselves to our listeners, please. Well, the most important thing about me is that I love Jesus and I love serving him. And I start my morning every single morning with coffee and Jesus. And I end my day every night, no matter where I am in the world, with pillow and praise. And while I have degrees, several degrees, the most important thing about me is that my, creden uh, my important credentials is that I'm a loyal disciple of Jesus Christ. I love what I do. I love being an officer and God has been so good to me through the years. Yes, indeed. And I, I would have to echo that. I consider myself to be the most blessed of men. Uh, to have the opportunity to serve the Lord every day, to be doing it uh, for all of these years that we've been officers, 35 years uh, this year, we will have been serving as officers. If the, Army, if the Army would allow us to start all over again and do it all again, we would. Because uh, we can think of no better life than getting up each day uh, to serve God. So uh, we both come from Salvation Army backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, we both come from Salvation Army families, though neither of us ever anticipated that we would be Salvation Army officers. You know, I, I think there are probably a few people out there in the audience who uh, could echo that. Uh, I was practicing law uh, for several years before uh, finally saying yes to the Lord. 
Yep. And I was in retail and in, enjoying the good uh, corporate life when the Lord called us and changed all of that. Yeah. But, you know, you look back on it and you say the Lord's plan is better than anything we could have come up with. Uh, he had a far, far grander and far more exciting plan uh, than we ever imagined for ourselves. So we are just uh, feeling delighted to be here at National Headquarters, uh, delighted to have an opportunity to uh, to uh, influence the direction of the Salvation Army's work in this country, and of course, delighted to be here with you folks today. And when it comes to our appointments, we've served all over the United States. We've served in the West and we've served in the South. We have served, we were on missionary service for 11 years and um, what, eight years, yeah, eight in, years Kenya in Kenya and, and three years in London. In London and um, national headquarters. It's been a wild ride and we would do it all over again. Can you share with us a little bit about that call? You mentioned that you had no uh, no plans to be Salvation Army officers, which resonates with me. I also had no plan, and yet here we are <laughs> talking together on this podcast. So, can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? You know, how the Lord spoke to you, um, and how you were able to respond, and then share just a little bit about um, kind of how that call has continued on as you've served really all around the world. Sure. Well, we, again, we're both involved in the corporate world in Los Angeles. My husband was an attorney for Carter Holly Hale and absolutely loving it. That's something that he felt he wanted to do ever since he was a young boy is be a lawyer. Yes. And I was into retail and um, doing well, very excited about promotions coming around the, around the corner, um, doing some buying for a large corporate firm. And then it happened yes. one day. Well, you tell them about what sure, happened to you. Sure. Well, I was uh, invited into the uh, uh, senior partner's office. And he was a very gracious man, a very kind man, and an outstanding attorney. And uh, he said some very nice things about the work that I was doing at the firm. And uh, then, as was the tradition, uh, he presented me with a very generous bonus check. Uh, I returned to my office feeling pretty good about what I was doing. And I got to my office and I looked inside and I saw all of the papers that represented the sum total of the transactions that I was doing at that point. And I, in a moment, thought that just isn't enough. It's not enough to spend my life uh, knowing what I know about the needs of people and the way the Lord leads simply doing deals for different clients. So I got on my knees uh, and I asked the Lord what he intended. And uh, at that moment, uh, I felt that he wanted to leave. He wanted us, he wanted me to leave yeah. uh, and uh, become an officer. So uh, I was very excited about it, thrilled, looking forward to the opportunity. But then I went home and I shared it with my wife and she had a somewhat different response. I was angry. <laughs> I said, there's no way that I was going to give up my career. Um, great things were happening. And, you know, I thought my husband was going to give me the good life, right? Being a, a corporate attorney. And I told him never, ever to mention it again. It was off the table. So I, 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 I kept the promise. I said, all right, darling, I won't. 
But I was, uh, perhaps a bit unfairly, uh, committed to a life of prayer. (laughs) And so I prayed earnestly, Lord, I said, you know, I can't be an officer uh, unless you call my wife. So two weeks later, we're on our way to work. Well, he makes it sound like it was easy two weeks. It was a lot of fighting with the Lord. <laughs> it was it was a lot of negotiating with him. And um, he did something very unique that you probably wouldn't hear another woman officer tell you. But the Lord said to me, okay, my calling for you is to support your husband. And I went, what? <laughs> I'm a career woman. You want me to go because I'm supposed to support my husband. And that was that was my calling at that time. Um, since then, I, I see um, why he did that. Um, it has strengthened our marriage. But at the same time, I have grown into my calling. And I find that uh, God is so incredibly gracious. And there have been so many callings in my life that I've been able to say yes to because of that original calling. And um, I'm so glad I said yes. Oh, yes. And of course, uh, uh, once we made that decision to become Salvation Army officers, uh, everything changed. From that point forward, it didn't matter where we were going to live. It didn't matter what we were going to do. Uh, There's a sense of abandonment in following the Lord that we have found so freeing over the years. Uh, Whatever the situation Whatever the surroundings, uh, it's always been a joy. Uh, it's not been easy, but it's always been a joy because I'm a, we're, we are abandoned to God's will. And that's really what makes the difference. And I think one of my favorite things I think about the way that God just works in the lives of people is that while it may have seemed like a change of plans or a pivot for you, This is all part, like all of this equipping and all of these things that you were doing before was all part of God's plan, right? And so I'm I'm certain that you have been able to put those skills that you learned prior to officership to use in your officership. Oh, absolutely. I know my wife has seen that many, many times, particularly when she goes to the thrift stores. She she can really turn these thrift stores around. For me, everything came together uh, in our second appointment. Uh, when uh, I went to court to speak on behalf of a young woman who was terribly addicted to drugs and who had been accused of a crime and to stand up in court and in my Salvation Army uniform to speak on her behalf, it was as if all the strands of my life had come together. And uh, I've never forgotten that moment. And uh, I've seen it again and again and again over the years. So you're absolutely right, Jamie. Nothing is ever lost in God's economy. For sure. Yeah. I, what I love about your, what you're calling their commissioners is like, well, just a, I think we've all had that moment where you look at your desk. For you, it was the desk and the paper and the deals. And you just say, you know, is there's got to be something bigger than this, greater than this, more, more meaningful than this. And, and, and you know, what, like we, I think about, you know, what, what profit a man to gain the whole world. Right. Um, and then, of course, to hear Commissioner Jolene, to hear you say, like, it was that growing into the calling. I think we, we all want the an Isaiah experience where he says, who shall I send? The clouds roll back and the trumpets blare. <laughs> but I think it's this for for most of us. It's just this 
burning in the bones that we feel the silent, strong calling on our life uh, to that. So, all right. Well, yeah, uh, thank you, you know, commissioners. I, I, oh, go I, ahead. I've got to say one other thing on that, Matt. You're absolutely right. What you what we've just described is so countercultural. What we have just described is precisely the opposite of what what the world as a whole will say today to people that are trying to struggle with what they're going to do with their lives. The the world today will suggest you are in charge of yourself. You're to make yourself, create yourself, sustain yourself, publicize yourself. You're in charge. You are the center. The, the Christian life following Christ says you take yourself off the throne. You, you, are, you are abandoning all of that. The freedom that comes from that. You're no longer carrying that enormous burden. Uh, that most people go through life uh, dealing with. It's, uh, it, it's, it, it's uh, countercultural because it's counterintuitive. For sure. But it's very, very real. Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, and for a culture that says to matter, you have to achieve succeed um speak like that you just said it commissioner i mean to to follow jesus and when he calls us to surrender all of that man all right here's the question that's on everybody's mind and it's a huge question it's got a thousand answers but everybody wants to know what's it like being the national leaders of the salvation army do that in one word no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) my one word would be humbling Okay. What's it, it, really what's it like? What's it like? It's humbling to me because you see the work that the army does all around the world. I mean, we're in every zip code in the, in the United States. And my husband and I cannot go anywhere when we're in uniform. We cannot go anywhere without somebody pulling us aside and thanking us for something that has happened in one of these local communities because of the Salvation Army. Yeah, we were on a, uh, a plane recently. And uh, of course, we were back in the economy seats and a uh, gentleman comes back from first class and he walks all the way back during the course of the flight and he sticks out his hand and he said, you folks saved my son's life. And he was referring to what had happened at an, at an ARC. So my wife is right. It is humbling uh, because we're conscious of what God is doing in every part of the Salvation Army world. And it's not just limited to the shores of the United States. We have a chance to to see what the Salvation Army is doing internationally, to support what the Salvation Army is doing internationally. Uh, and so when people say uh, thank you, which they very often <laughs> do in the roles that we play, uh, our f- first response is to say, well, we do it because of what the Lord has called us to do. And we always bring it back to him. So it's exciting. It's fun. It's uh, 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 exhilarating. It's exhausting. But uh, boy, we wouldn't do anything else. We love it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think for the listeners out there, I, I would tell how much the commissioners travel. They are all over the United States all the time. You've probably seen them at your local corps. I don't know how they do it, but they, they walk in on a Sunday morning, I'm sure. So Yeah, that's right. That's true. <laughs> so I know a lot of times it's easy for us to kind of get uh, focused on 
um, you know, what's happening in our context or thinking that, you know, all the things that are happening here in my experience of the Salvation Army is what it looks like everywhere. Um, you know, we kind of get a little myopic on that sometimes. And I think it's our human nature to sometimes focus on challenges rather than to um, kind of see all like what are all the great things. So can you share a little bit? You get to see it all on both sides, right? But a lot of the things that you get to experience are um, some really incredible things that the Salvation Army is doing, not just around the nation, uh, but around the world. So can you share a little bit about some of the strengths that you've seen or really some of the kind of life changing work that you see um, that the Salvation Army is doing across the country? Sure. Glad to. I think there are two that really come to mind for me. Uh, the first is our mission. Our mission is designed to constantly keep asking ourselves, are we doing what the Lord wants us to do? Unlike many corporate missions, which say we will do X and we will do X better than anyone else. The Salvation Army's mission statement is intentionally designed to create a tension our mission statement says we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human needs in his name without discrimination. There are two things there that are linked with that and. So we salvationists are always asking themselves, all right, have I done enough proclamation of the gospel today? And at the same time, today, have I done enough to meet human needs? We're constantly seeking to balance them. And that means that it's never a settled issue, that the Lord is constantly working in us and through us. He's constantly educating us. We're constantly learning. I think that's an enormous strength because we're always challenging ourselves to do better in both senses. We want to restore people's lives. Uh, we want to give them a better uh, uh opportunity to overcome their addictions, or we want to give a child a better opportunity to grow and to thrive. But at the same time, we never want to forget the whole person. We want the gospel to be proclaimed. We want Jesus Christ to be lifted up. Uh, that questioning, that constant self-examination is a great strength. The other strength that really comes to my mind is the fact that following that mission the army has developed in this country a relationship with the public that gives it enormous credibility. Uh, no one who's wearing a Salvation Army uniform has to worry about their own strengths or weaknesses when they walk into a room filled with community leaders. Uh, I have seen on so many occasions situations in which I was totally unprepared, totally incapable of contributing intelligently to a conversation. Yet when I came in in my Salvation Army uniform, there was instant credibility because the Army has proven itself as an organization, as a part of the church that cares about people. And that is a huge strength today when so many people distrust uh, all kinds of institutions. We have a tremendous opportunity uh, that many do not have. That's great, Commissioner. Because uh, you're, you're right, there is a, a mistrust of, of institutions, of organizations and all that. Commissioner Jolene, what are some of the strengths that you see, ma'am? I was just going to say that I think one of our biggest strengths is our flexibility. 
when I see how um, we meet the needs in the community, we are not copycat at all. And uh, just how quickly we can respond. I mean, I look during, co- during COVID and how quickly the Army responded to the needs. We moved into hotels and, we, I mean, we... It was amazing the opportunities that were given to the Salvation Army because of our flexibility and how our Salvationists just stepped into the role. Oh, yeah. It, it was amazing. We're clearing out thrift stores to turn them into shelters, uh, uh, having uh, municipalities uh, say, uh, we have these uh, empty hotels. Can you come and run something that'll get the homeless off the street? Uh, these these are enormous strengths, but and they're all founded upon a legacy of people who have faithfully gone about the work that God called them to do. And our prayer every day, therefore, is, Lord, make us faithful, as faithful today as those who have gone before, because we're going to have to pass this down to the next generation. And uh, uh, we want to leave as strong a legacy as possible. That's great. Thank you, commissioners, for that. Yes. I mean, it, whether you go to a Salvation Army in Montana or a Salvation Army in Alabama, that, that trust is there in the Army. But like Commissioner Jolene said, the flexibility, you will you would see uh, the community needs are different in Montana and Alabama, but being met differently, um, but with the, still the same level of trust that's there. So, all right, commissioners, have there been any surprises since you've become national leaders, has there any been anything that you were like, "Oh wow"? Yeah, uh, it's I, I to say, th- say, uh, "Oh boy, those Satterleys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been a lovely surprise to work with you too. I can explain. I can explain. <laughs> Listen, I think uh, that's most people's reaction when, <laughs> "Oh, oh, those Satterleys." <laughs> I, th- I think one of the biggest surprises for me is just how busy national headquarters is. I had no idea. And I think the reason is because truly we are the grease that keeps the army organized and running. And um, I had no idea how many how many groups are represented here. Literally throughout the, t- the, uh, the nation, there are uh, so many committees and so many uh, commissions that come to our building so that so that. Um, the whole army world has a say what happens in our policies and our procedures. And I just find that incredibly exciting. I think the last I heard, we had over 50. We have 54 groups. groups. Yeah. That report through the commissioner's conference. And, uh, you know, just to, just to make that all work, uh, uh, and the way that it's done so seamlessly, uh, was uh, a delightful surprise. Yep. Delightful. And then also our, um, Participation on Capitol Hill. Uh, my husband and I are there quite often, and it. I just find it so exciting that we can bring both sides of the aisle together and pray individually for them, and so you know talk about issues and and how they can help us in our ministry and our mission. I just have found that incredibly exciting. Yeah, I think uh, on the Hill. Uh, you're surprised by something that you should know instinctively. Uh, Our representatives and senators and members of the administration are just people. Mm -hmm. They're people who want to do their best. 
who are seeking to do what they think is right and who are seeking to have a positive impact. And uh, gosh, it's just uh, a tremendous opportunity uh, to go up there and to pray with people, uh, to write them little notes uh, when they're encountering difficult moments, uh, to celebrate with them when they have uh, victories. Uh, it's uh, It's been a, a tremendous enriching of our own ministry to have that opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah, the commissioners, I think just uh, earlier this week, uh, were on the Hill, weren't you? Uh, had like, I think nine, met nine different Congress yeah. representatives in that Yeah, time. we were so, up there so. recently, uh, met with uh, nine uh, uh, members of the House this week. Uh, we've uh, testified before Congress uh, in December. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that was a joke. I didn't oh, know. If, no, that's no, true. No, it's no, true. Very true. Like, very it's true. true. What did you do, sir, that you had to testify to? <laughs> testify, yeah. Uh, we testi- I testified uh, to the House uh, Committee on Veterans Affairs, uh, to the Subcommittee on Economic Opportunity to describe what the Salvation Army feels the federal government can do better to serve veterans. Uh, that was a great opportunity. No, it was not that there was a, an investigation <laughs> being conducted. We're holding you in contempt, and then you just were like, "No, yeah, you don't I even see, know." I you, can see where your mind's going here. Uh, Matt, I got but, courtroom uh, drama. Yeah. <laughs> but and that no—that's a tremendous opportunity. Sure. And uh, for more, uh, also, as Commissioner Jolene was talking about Commissioner's Conference, just a reminder to our listeners, you uh, if you go back a few episodes of the podcast, we did an in-depth dive on how the Commissioner's Conference system works. So check out that, check out that, and that's uh, what commissioners are talking about as well. Yeah, absolutely. There, That's been one of the surprises for me is learning just exactly how policy is made for the Salvation Army in the United States. And um, certainly that Commissioner's Conference process is... Um, Quite fascinating. Uh, so, yeah, go back and check that out. Yeah, it, it is a fascinating process, and it's a tremendous strength right now. It's a tremendous strength right now because the Army, as a, as a part of the church, is organized in a hierarchical fashion. Uh, and in an atmosphere uh, when people are going a thousand different directions, that gives us a cohesion organizationally that uh, serves us very, very well. So we do have, uh, since the battle line is kind of under the peer umbrella, we have quite a few young adults and youth leaders who uh, are part of this podcast audience. Um, And so thinking back over uh, your, your life as a Salvation Army officer, and even prior to that, when you're thinking about who you were when you launched out into the world, like uh, if you could Go back and tell your uh, young adult self one thing. Um, what what would you say? I think for me, it's that there will be some difficult times and there will be some very scary times in your life. But if you give your entire life over to Christ, it's going to be okay. And it, you're going to be on an amazing adventure, an adventure that you would never have chosen for yourself, but you will be blessed beyond measure if you just continue to keep saying yes to God. Yes. Uh, I think for me, it it would be similar. Uh, Life, uh, when I was 18, uh, struck me as being something of a sprint that I had to achieve certain things by a certain point. Uh, But I think over the years, I've come to understand that it's a marathon. Uh, 
And uh, if you approach life with the long game in mind, where do I want to uh, find myself? And not so much in terms of career, but in terms of my relationship with the Lord, what is going to be my, uh, my contribution to his kingdom? You acquire a, a depth of wisdom that scripture calls us to that when you're 18 years of age, you're not so thinking about. You're thinking about uh, a quick return, uh, about uh, uh, something that can be done within the next 10 years because after all, doesn't everybody make their impact uh, by the time that they're 30? It's simply <laughs> not true. Uh, so I think play the long game, uh, trust in the Lord. Those are the things I would tell myself if I were 18 right now. That's great, Commissioner. Great. Thank you so much for that. All right. So again, as Major Jamie said, there are youth, there are millennial salvationists, Gen Z salvationists, some youth leaders out there. I imagine there's a bunch of core officers listening today because they wanted to hear their uh, national leaders. So what what would be your words, your message? You are the commissioner of the Na of the United States. So what would be your orders, both of you, national leaders, that you want to say to your young people, to your young salvationists in the four U.S. territories? Do the mission. There are a thousand different causes. They will all be wrapped up in the mission. So keep your focus keep the main thing the main thing uh, do the mission and all of the other issues and all of the other concerns that uh, uh, you could give yourself to you'll find you're able to address far more effectively than if you had focused on them as the initial goal and I would say we need you on the battlefield more than ever mm. put on your armor Spend time with the Lord, you know, coffee and Jesus, <laughs> spend time with the Lord <laughs> yep. and take direction from him and him only. That's good. Uh, I think, Commissioner, you just said in a Salvation Army context, you just put a Salvation Army version of scripture with seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. You just did that Salvation Army NIV version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. All right. So at the end of every episode, we ask this question of our uh, of our special guests and of our hosts. So we're going to ask you today, commissioners, what is giving you joy? The most precious jewels that I will ever have around my neck are the arms of my grandchildren. And they bring me great joy and they are a great gift from God. Yeah. Yeah, I you know it's hard it's hard to disagree with that. <laughs> uh, but let me add to it. What gives you joy, Commissioner, more than your grandchildren? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh boy. Well, I guess that I've got another day to do it. I've got another day to uh, to praise the Lord. Another day to be thankful, and another way, another day to see Him work. That gives me a lot of joy. That's awesome. Thank you, Commissioners. Major Jamie, how about you? What's what's giving you joy today? So one a, a thing that I am trying to do, you know, it's January. Everybody's talking about resolutions, although it's mid-January now. So most people, I shouldn't say I've most people, a lot of people, yeah, off. probably forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the things uh, that I've kind of challenged myself this year is to 
keep up with a gratitude journal. Mm, um, good. Um, and, and so I, I uh, my sister-in-law did one last year and she sent me the link. So it comes already, you know, it's three, three things you're thankful for every day. Um, and so each night before I go to bed, I, I do my devotions uh, and then I fill out those three things that I'm thankful for. Um, and some days, I'll be honest, some days are easier than others, right? Some days I really have to think, but they're It causes me to refocus um, and to take a look at like, what is God really doing in my life? What are the bright spots in each day? Yes, there are challenges, but there are also blessings and and things that that God is working in my life. Um, And so I've enjoyed that that process. um, And so it it is bringing me joy right now. Good. I steal her journal to write my name in there every day. (laughs) Elizabeth, what's giving you joy? This morning, I got to chat with the most fabulous Bethany of NCRD, and she is just so rad and cool. So it's helped me out. I agree with you 100% on that, Elizabeth. She is red and cool. Uh, she is, she, yeah, and I'm always saying that. You know, yeah. she, is, she is red and cool. Yeah, and uh, she's she's one of those people who I'll stand up to speak and she'll say, now, Commissioner, say this and don't say this. So she gives me tremendous direction as to how I should function as national. I couldn't do it without her. Well, when I'm on video, I have given her permission to clip any gray hairs that might be standing out, standing straight up. Now, every time I, I give her that permission, she has not yet taken me up on it. She's awesome. Yeah, that's one of the great things. We're spinning out into multiple joys, but it's one of the great things about <laughs> National Headquarters is the the just the people that we get to work with and the passionate, yeah. yes. you know, they're passionate about what they do. And um, we have a great team. Listen, we do lots of laughter around the lunch table here at NHQ. So. And, and let me just say thank you to you folks. Uh, the Battle Line podcast is a tremendous addition to what national headquarters does and the way uh, the three of you bring such uh, excitement and enthusiasm to what the army is doing to the gospel and its application uh, to your listeners it's just wonderful and i'm very grateful to you thank you so much commissioners commissioners before we let you go is there anything else you want to say to your people out there to the to the to the american people to the american well to our, our youth people and to our salvationists and to our youth workers, we want you to know that we love you and we are here for you and we are behind you 100%. Just go out and do the mission and God will bless you. And ditto. <laughs> <laughs> and to the American public, if you're listening, we want to thank you for your support. Amen. And um, you are the army behind the army and we love you too. Yeah. All right. If you want to see the commissioners again, just turn to C-SPAN. They will be testifying before Congress. (laughs) I was saying, I have no recollection of that, Senator. (laughs) I refuse to answer on the. uh, I I used that one a lot growing up. (laughs) That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org and follow peer on the socials at peer.magazine again commissioners thank you for your leadership thank you for this time until next time this has been the battle line podcast bye see ya